0: Welcome back to another episode of On The Break. Tonight we have Cash Considerations episode. I'm offering up both my co-hosts, our logo, the platform that we use, all of our equipment up for cash considerations. So anybody that wants to take me up on that can. Uh, I'm, I'm being told to do this by Robert Sarver, who gave away TJ Warren, another a guy who has, you said, two fifty 50-point game, Kyle. Gave him up yep. for cash considerations, and he included a second-round pick. So really, I would have to trade away more than that for cash hey. considerations, right?
1: It's incredible. I mean, that's just you know right out of the Suns playbook is let's trade away you know quality players. That you'd be surprised how many dudes that we consider good players in the NBA don't have two fifty-point career games or even one. And yeah. you know he's averaging like thirty-five. <clears throat> I saw statistics averaging thirty-five in the bubble and shooting six, over sixty percent from the field with one turnover. I mean that's pretty impressive. And this is a guy the Suns got rid of for cash considerations. I mean that's insane. I thought he was part of what they were doing with Ayton, Booker, Rubio. And this is TJ Warren for folks who don't know who we're talking about. And, and he's helping the Pacers a lot because they're decimated by injury.
0: Yeah. And he's argued, he was arguably the best defender on that team. Maybe Kelly Oubre. Oubre's not yeah. even there anymore. He Is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, okay, my bad. I, my timelines get all messed up. But, yeah, he's arguably, besides maybe Oubre, the best defensive player on that team too.
1: Yeah, I would say he's the best, best perimeter defender, no doubt.
0: Yeah. Like Aiden Ayton was whenever he first came into the league, it was I had concerns about his defensive effort and they've one hundred percent shown up. He's got all the physical tools in the world, in the world. He just doesn't want to play defense.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean that's just an effort thing that's gonna have to change. Uh but maybe he's just a, a twenty and nine guy that doesn't play a lot of defense and he's a you know, couple time all star. That's that's probably his floor, which I think is a pretty good floor. Yeah. But he's never gonna be, you know, a great player without at least being above average on the defensive end. He doesn't have to be AD, but you know, speaking of the Suns, they upset the Clippers, uh, in a, in a buzzer beater. And that's just kind of been, I would say representative and symbolic of what we've seen in the bubble thus far, which is, you know, the three heavy favorites of the bucks, Lakers and Clippers have struggled a little bit out the gate. They've had games where they look good too. Um, but we've seen, you know, teams like Phoenix and, and Portland and, um, the nets win games that you really wouldn't expect those rosters to win. Especially the Nets. The Nets roster is absurd. Yeah, definitely. And they signed five dudes from on during quarantine. So that's like borderline G League team.
0: Dude, everybody was signing it. Like the league took off the restrictions, and there are players that show up on teams that I'm like, like, when the heck did the Clippers get Reggie Jackson? Was that in the middle of the? Was they got Reggie January? Jackson
1: in like yeah yeah they got him in like January February they got him before the trade deadline. How did I miss that?
0: I don't know how that how that happened, but he's playing it lights out for them. Um, Yeah, the Suns beat the beat the Clippers on that buzzer beater over Paul George. Paul George was after the game quoted as saying that's a bad shot, um, which he tends to do after gets hit by buzzer beaters like he did with uh, Damian Lillard last year. Yeah, he wasn't actually quoted on that. But um, I for as great of a a defender as he is, I mean, I guess it's because he's always guarding a guy at the end. He gets he gets hit beat a lot at the end of those games.
1: Yeah, he really does. Um, that being said, with the you know favorites having a little bit of struggle out the gate here, we're talking four games in, um, five for a couple of them. Do you have any concerns about Lakers, Bucks, or Clippers? Or do you still feel like those are the only possible teams that are going to win an NBA championship this year?
0: So it's interesting that you say that Bucks are two and four since the bubble. The Lakers are two and four. the, no, Clippers the, uh,
1: the Bucks are two and two. The that's are two what, and
0: that's two. what I meant. I'm sorry. Two and two. The Lakers are two and two. The Clippers are one and two. Um, they and beat the Mavs today,
1: so they just went to two and two.
0: Yeah, yeah. So two and two. So really, I'm, I'm not selling. They're knocking the rust off. Um, one thing that I'm seeing from most of the teams is use that that doesn't like use that doesn't need to happen specifically. Yeah. Anthony Davis has taken <laughs> in their in their two losses, he took less shots than Dion Waiters. The first Dude, loss Deon he took waiters seven been, shots. Yep. He took yep. seven shots, bro, and Dion Waiters took thirteen. In their second loss, he took eleven shots and waiters took twelve. Like Wayers is playing really well and he's a huge yeah. pickup for them. And I think that he's making up for Avery Bradley and he's gonna make up for Avery Bradley. Yep. But you can't awesome. you need to be getting off twenty shots a game if you're Anthony Davis. At least like I would tell if I was Vogel, I would say you need to shoot at least 18 shots every single game. Vogel came out and said that he wanted Anthony Davis to shoot five threes a game. I think they're probably falling in love with that a little bit too much. There they was are. a lot, there was a lot of pick and pop from anthony davis whenever they're playing the clippers which the clippers he needs to be in the post because there's really nobody down there that can stop him in the post so i think they're falling in love with that a little bit too much um the bucks just aren't shooting very well right now which it's not to be expected because i did expect teams to shoot way better in the in the bubble and i think that they will continue to as you some of the players that are kind of borderline are just lighting it up from the three-point line um tyler Harrow's Lighten it up from the three-point line. All those Miami guys are. um, I think that we'll see that level off. But the big thing that I'm seeing with the Lakers is the Anthony Davis thing. With the Clippers, they're still trying to find – I still think they're trying to find themselves. And I think they're going to continue to do that because they didn't play with a healthy Paul George throughout the entire year. Now they've got – completely healthy Paul George, completely healthy Kawhi. And you can see that they really don't know who to go to towards the end. Like Kawhi gets beaten by LeBron in that one position and immediately gives it up to Paul George because he's got another guy there that can score when really Kawhi would have never done that previously. They're, they're still a little bit unsure of themselves. So I think that the, both of those teams
1: will start to level out. Agreed. That that was crazy defense by LeBron at the end of that first Amazing. Lakers-Clippers matchup, which was a great way to get the bubble started right after we recorded Um, And I think it's pretty clear when Kawhi and LeBron guard each other, they can't score on one another. LeBron cannot score on Kawhi, and Kawhi cannot score on LeBron. Um, Which is
0: insane because normally in the NBA, offense is so good that you can't stop it. Like those two guys. And as bad as LeBron has been playing on the offensive end, he's Mm -hmm. playing lights out defensively. And he really – he won that game for them. Like he turned it on in the fourth quarter and won that game. And then because he got a buzzer beater after he – Short armed it and then followed it up, and then or not a buzzer beater, but a go ahead basket after he short armed it and then followed it up, and then shut down the two, two of the five best scorers in the league, ISO scorers in the league in the last possession by himself on switches.
1: Yeah, yep. he wanted the challenge. That's what I like seeing. But uh, you broke down a lot of good stuff there. Um, I, I agree. I think like each of the teams have, you know, something that is a minor red flag. But I'm definitely not selling either. I think one of those three teams still wins the NBA title. You can't bail on that four or five games into this. Um, You know, we'll talk about it when the playoffs start here in a week or two. But, um, you know, I think the biggest concern with the Clippers is what you and I kind of realized at the beginning of the season. We didn't even see it on paper until we we watched a few games and then we thought about it. They don't really have a playmaker. Kawhi is not naturally a playmaker. Paul George is an ISO scorer. Lou Williams is a bucket getter, but it's more of an ISO game. I mean, he runs a nice pick and roll with Montrez, but, you know, that's not elite by any means. Reggie Jackson is a nice backup point guard, but like he's kind of a score-first guard as well, so I think that's like their Achilles heel, but at the end of the day, they probably have one of, if not the most deep roster in the NBA, so that that's something they fall back on. With the Bucs, you know, Giannis, I, I watched uh, them play the Heat today. I watched the fourth quarter of that. It was a tight game down the stretch. Giannis came out. Heat went on a 13-6 run. Giannis came back in, and they go on like a 28-10 to run. It was incredible, and he did five spin moves into a dunk in the last four minutes of the game. Or excuse me, in a four-minute stretch of the fourth quarter. And he played like the best player in the world today. And that's why I still have confidence in the Bucs. Because so I think Giannis can play like that um, and prove that he is possibly the best player in the world. He's just He's got to get out of the Eastern Conference to do that. I, I worry about Middleton being a – I think he's a really weak second option compared to these other teams. But he's actually shot pretty well here. He had 33 um, today, right? Yeah, he, him, and Giannis were like twenty-one for thirty-one from the field today combined. It was, it was. Giannis was like thirteen for seventeen. It was stupid. Um, but their, their Achilles heel is just where's the third option consistently, right? And that's, you know, yeah, it could be Eric Bledsoe on a given night. It could be Condonton or Lopez or you know, Divincenzo even. But I don't love relying on that when you're going to be in the Easter Conference Finals or potentially the Finals. Um, and then with the Lakers, I think it's the same thing, right? They don't have a third scoring option. That's to be expected. When you have two of the five best players, there's going to be a pretty big drop off. Um, it's gotta probably be Dion waiters. I don't love that option, but I, I really would just like to see, I don't know the Lakers offense looks very vanilla and it's almost like, how is that possible when you have those two talents out there? But I, it almost feels like I'm like, while I'm watching the Cavs again, obviously Anthony Davis is much more talented than any post player they have, but it's LeBron controlling the pace, creating shots and kicking and like, I don't know what it is, but like LeBron hits dudes in the pockets and they miss shots.
0: Yeah. Anthony Davis isn't taking enough shots.
1: Yeah. It's weird because you're right. I mean, the the reason I don't worry about the Clippers against the Lakers is no one on the Clippers can guard, guard him. As you pointed that, that out, like Montrez is not big enough. Zubac is nowhere near athletic enough. Uh, Marcus Morris is is not fast or big enough. Uh, could, you know AD could shoot right over him. What I thought was interesting is you're, you pointed out AD's not shooting that many shots. However, when he went and played against Rudy Gobert, who's arguably the best five man defender in the league, he shot seven shots in the first three minutes. I think he ended up taking over thirty shots that game. Which yeah. like I, you would think you would pick you know easier opponents to shoot thirty shots against versus the Jazz.
0: We're Right now, we're seeing the difference between a veteran all-time great that has been in the situation before and a mm-hmm. extremely talented person that's never been in the situation before. Because if you remember, the reason why he went out and had seven shots in the first quarter against Rudy Gobert and why he just turned it on because, was because he had seven shots in the game before. Right, right. And he caught a lot of criticism for that, and people were in his ear saying, you need to take more shots, and that's all he heard for that entire All the practices up until that moment is you need to take more shots. You need to be more aggressive. You need to go out and score. He does it, and then nobody else bugs him about it. And he doesn't have the fortitude or the mental, like, I've been here before. I know what I'm supposed to do to get up 20 shots the next game. Like, we see LeBron consistently. He may have an off-shooting night, but he will consistently get his shot and beat players and be aggressive. Like, that's the difference between those two guys is that LeBron has years and years of – to be honest with you, in Cleveland, hearing that he was a choke artist, even though he was carrying right. Mo Williams to to the freaking finals as the second-best player <laughs> on the team. Um, but hearing that for his and, – and then, to be honest with you, choking in the uh, finals against the Mavericks, yep, he did do that. So he has that, and he knows what that's like. If you remember correctly, he was going to sports psychologists like crazy after that and during that time to have them help him get into a more killer – state of mind because he was always regarded as a nice guy um and anthony davis has never gone through this before because big shit he's on the pelicans second best player on this team is drew holiday but they're not going anywhere you know he's not in the spotlight like you are in the lakers if you go play for the lakers you are 100 percent in the spotlight and anthony davis has never gone through this before
1: no but you would think you know he's gonna handle it well with lebron taking him under his wing but it hasn't been overly impressive yet, but granted, these guys have played four games after taking four months off, so you don't want to overreact. But, you know, they're obviously not playing at nearly a high enough level right now. I mean, that Raptors game was slightly concerning because the Raptors, three they might up. be the best defensive team in the league.
0: Yeah. Dude, I am darn near convinced that Nick Nurse is the best coach in the league.
1: It's possible. I mean, like, is it is it crazy to think, like, they. I don't want to say they're a, bit a favorite over the Bucks by any means, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they beat the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me either. I think that Nick Nurse's coat will coach circles around Budenholzer. Here, yeah, I, I, I said best coach in the league. I don't know, man. You, you have to deal with Steve Kerr, Popovich, and Carlisle.
1: Brad Stevens. Spolster. He's a better. He's a better coach than Brad Stevens.
0: Um, Spolster? That's a hard one for me. Both good, man. I think that he's right on board with Spolstra. Okay. He's definitely better than Terry Stotts. But definitely better than – I think he's way better than Brad Stevens.
1: If he gets this roster to the finals, he's one of the best coaches, if not the best in the league. Because this yeah. is not a championship roster to me.
0: And they – they, what they did against the um, Lakers was they just packed the paint and said shoot the three at us. Right. And they have the length for that, you know. And
1: they, and they, have, the, they have the bodies. They have – OG, Ibaka, and Siakam, which you can throw at LeBron, specifically OG. OG was guarding LeBron pretty well.
0: Dude, yeah. And that, like, people come out and say, that's that's a great job by OG. You know that Nick Nurse has to get that guy in the correct frame of mind. Correct. Like, it's not just drawing up X's and O's. Some coaches are great at getting their guys in the, in the right state of mind. I think that Donovan and Scott Brooks are great at getting their guys in the right state of mind. But they can't draw X's and O's. Nick Nurse can do both.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, I mean, obviously, OG possesses that athletic ability, but Nick Nurse has definitely put him in a position to succeed against guarding one of the best players, if not the best player in the world. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And you've got Gasol sitting there waiting at the rim too, and they've Nurse has built a defense that collapses and drives people towards the paint, where they have three shot blockers on the court at all times. Right. right. One of which is a one of which is an elite rim protector.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see see where they go. Um, a theme that we talked about for both the Bucks and the Lakers uh, a minute ago is the lack of consistent third options. You know, it's kind of sad if like Brooke Lopez and Deion Waiters are the third best option on on an M- NBA Finals team. When you look at the last ten years, and it's been you know, Clay Thompson. It's been Chris Bosh. You know, it's been Manu Ginobili. So th- that's a little hard for me to swallow and say that those third options are going to get them there. But looking at it, I talked to you about the show and I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it live obviously is a lot of these favorites. And then I would say it's still outside contenders as well. Don't have a reliable third option. Uh, The Lakers don't, the bucks don't, the nuggets do not have a reliable third option. The rockets don't because Eric Gordon's out. The Mavs don't, the heat don't and the 76ers don't. That's a yeah. lot of, you know. I think I don't want to say contenders necessarily, but really talented rosters that at the top that are just missing that consistent third scoring option.
0: And prior to the Mav or the the Heat and actually I'll say this prior to the Spurs dynasty, the Heat, and then the and then the Warriors, we never really saw a team with consistent third options. It was always historically two greats. And then a third option that does something else for you. If you look, let me
1: step in and say there. I think there were a lot of teams that had third scoring options, not third all-star players, not third you know top thirty guys, but third scoring options.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I'm trying to think like, Laker Kobe Shaq didn't really the Pistons. Okay, but that's going really far back. So let's talk about that was was prior. That was prior to uh, the Spurs dynasty is what I'm referring to, and then the prior to the Spurs dynasty, and then the. Heat dynasty and the Golden State dynasty.
1: So you had you had Boston with Ray Allen. You had the which got to two finals, one one. You had the Lakers teams that won two that had uh, Lamar Odom, which was a consistent third scoring option.
0: He he averaged like eight points a game
1: in the NBA Finals.
0: I don't know about the NBA Finals, but but yeah, he he was like a I don't know about the finals.
1: Okay, he wasn't different game game now now though, right? There's a lot more points being scored. Um, where those games were like high 80s, low 90s, pretty consistently. Like I think you got to have that third scoring option, just because if you look at the teams that do, I think Celtics clearly with you can say either Kimba or Gordon Hayward is their third scoring option. Kimba's health is a huge concern right now. Um, I, I I honestly I think the Raptors do. I mean you got Siakwa and Lowry. It is kind of a rotation of Van Fleet, Ibaka, Gasol. But I, I trust Serge Ibaka to score more than I do a lot of these other teams' third options.
0: Yeah, I trust Van Vliet, for sure.
1: And Van yeah. Vliet, yeah, for sure. And the Clippers do as well if, you know, Lou Will can can get it together. But that's probably one of the best third-scoring options in the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he comes off the bench, too. Um, I think that we're going to see – I'm not super concerned about that. I can see where you're coming from. I'm not super concerned about it just because – the way that the the teams are loaded now is your top 2 players are top 10 players in the league except for the Bucks. Right? So previously like you didn't really you needed third scoring options because you didn't have 50% of your points coming from two players. You know? Sorry, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um I appease uh, uh, me coming here. From. And it is yeah, I see where you're coming from and it is it is a little concerning, but I'm not it's not making me want to take the La- or the Clippers over the Lakers. And it's not making me want to take the Raptors over the Bucks or the Celtics over the Bucks. The Celtics are the team that you could you would argue would have the most scores. No way I'm taking them over the Bucks.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean I, yeah, I mean I, the, I agree the ro- the overall roster is probably still better. The Bucs play great defense. That's a part of it. the Lakers have not played great defense. Um, I think the matchup just matters to me because I like the Lakers over the Clippers. Because of Anthony Davis, but yeah. I would take the Bucks over the Lakers and then the Clippers over the Bucks. So it just kinda depends on the matchup for me, really. Right.
0: Here's one thing that I you would take the Bucks over the Lakers, you said? Yeah. I like I picked the Lakers. I was thinking about this today while I was watching the Bucks. Um, or actually excuse me, yesterday. The other day.
1: Let me, let me say I take them right now, based on how the teams are playing. I gotta see where they're playing when they when they get to you know that that potential finals for sure right now i just have too much concerns about lakers scoring and and defense
0: so mike my concern with the lakers bucks matchup is the bucks play a drop defense and they drop all pick and rolls um, which means that the big that is normally going to be sitting on top of the screen and doing what's called a hedge, where they push into the into the ball handler to try and push him out, so that the other your small defender can recover. Instead of doing that, they drop that guy back because normally right. it's Brooke Lopez. So they right. drop so he's that guy back
1: towards the paint.
0: Back, back towards the paint to try and rim protect. And what that does, you. And then you have your uh, your guard that's being screened going over the top of the screen, which means that you go away from the basket and chase the, chase the defender, the person that's ball handling, downhill. What that does is it forces the ball handler into the paint, and they either can shoot a mid-range floater, a pull-up jumper at mid-range around the free-throw line, or go and finish the rim and have Brooke Lopez trying to block that shot. Who's He's a great rim protector. Um, LeBron doesn't have much of a pull-up mid-range game. If there's anything that lacks in that guy's game, it's pull-up mid-range and floaters, just because he doesn't need them. So I have a relative concern about that, about the Lakers playing against that defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just... I, I do think that the Bucks also challenge the Lakers because I don't think AD is as good as a matchup on Giannis as, as a lot of other people do. I think Giannis, just watching him today is a lot quicker than AD is. And I know AD is an elite defender in the post, but I think Giannis can catch the ball, you know, 25 feet away and take AD. Question. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. And I don't think that there's – to be fair, I don't think there's a single player in the league that can guard Giannis. Right. I think that the only teams that have a chance at guarding Giannis are – if Frank Vogel says we are just going to pack the paint against this guy, which they don't really have another body to throw at him besides LeBron and Marquise or Markeith or Marcus Morris, whichever one they have. I always Markeith. forget. Marquise. They, they can pack the paint with those three guys, but they don't have the same type of length that the Raptors do, who could really pack the paint against the against the Bucks. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I, If there's a player in the league that can guard Giannis, it's either Anthony Davis or maybe Bam Adebayo. But nobody. I thought can. that
1: until today. That that's a negative on that hypothesis. <laughs> he put he put Bam on skates a few times.
0: But but nobody can to this to this point. You have to guard by like there's barely even two players in the league that can guard Giannis, right? So I, I don't think that <clears throat> Anthony Davis is going to be going one on one, or at least if Frank Vogel is as good of a coach that I think he is, I think that there's no way that you're going to leave. Anthony Davis on an island against uh, Giannis. He'll foul out. And then you'll have your second best player.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's interesting. Arguably. Yeah, right now he is. Um, You're right. The the Raptors are the best matchup for Giannis. I've said that a lot. Um, They have a lot of bodies to throw in. But I just think now that that we're just breaking it down like this and chopping it up, I, I think every team... Has a team they don't want to see, and that they do want to see. Like I think the Lakers can beat the Clippers in a seven-game series, but I think the Clippers, I think the Clippers could beat almost every other team in the NBA in a seven-game series. I think Toronto yeah. could beat Milwaukee, but I think Milwaukee would beat LA, the Lakers. That is, I keep saying LA. Now that both teams are relevant, I have to be specific. Um, so that, it, that's interesting to me. I, I, what do you think about Boston? Like, where are you at with them? Is the Kemba injury pretty concerning to you?
0: I, I don't like Boston because I haven't seen Tatum be uh, consistent. Jalen Brown's not consistent. and Nobody on that team is consistent. You could get 50 out of Tatum. Hadn't happened yet, but you could, theoretically. But you could also get eight out of them. You, there's just no consistency there. And whenever they get into the playoffs, when you have a team that can game plan against them, like, they have a 0% chance of beating the Raptors and they have a 0% chance of beating the bucks Zero.
1: I mean – But if you look at, like, the game yesterday, I mean, Jason Tatum played 18 minutes because, you know, they're playing the Nets. Now, he did play 33 minutes against the Heat. They lost. He scored 23 points, Um, did not shoot well from the floor. Yeah, I mean, consistency is an issue with Jason Tatum. But do you think I'm crazy to say that in five years the three best players in the league could be Giannis, Luca, and Jason Tatum? Uh, you, you think that's a little a little rich for his ceiling?
0: I don't think it's crazy, but I don't think that it's likely. I think it will be Giannis, Luca, and Trey Young.
1: You do, you take Trey Young over Zion or Jason? You just took you just took Jason
0: Tatum over Zion.
1: Well, I would I, take, mean, I would have I would Zion take, four look, and Trey Young like seventeenth. I don't There's think no John, way Trey Young think, will ever think, be a top ten player. I
0: don't think I mean look at Steph Curry. Trey Young Steph, Steph Curry,
1: Curry was never the worst defensive player in the NBA
0: was pretty darn close i think he was hidden a lot by draymond green on that team and by clay thompson and then andrew bogut
1: as well he was hidden a lot i'll use your favorite but, argument hey led the league in steals yeah jesus uh, but he yeah. but by all accounts but, he's an average nba defender on the advanced metrics he's like 200 out of 400 uh 400 uh players and like 100 out of 200 on guards Dude, Trey Young was like four fiftieth out of like four ninety
0: oh, his I'm not arguing for his defense at all. Um here's why I didn't say Zion. I, I, I still if you if you injuries. told me to put yeah, injuries. If you told me to put money on one of the players between Zion and Trey Young, it'd be Trey Young. Because just historically, players that come into the league that have a history of injuries and are overweight, and Zion maybe overweight in regards to muscle, but he is, they don't make it in the league. Um, so, the, so I still have a concern about injuries. And Trey Young has the most talent of anybody on the team offensively. And really, really? I I just don't. I can't think of another person that's high. T- triple J might be up there, bro. I take,
1: J- take Triple J and Ja. I take Triple J and Jaw over Trey Young. You take Jaw over Trey Young? Yeah. Really good defensive player.
0: Uh, he's slight and small. Um, but. I mean, like I'm not I'm not giving him a plus on the on the defense, but I th- I'm afraid that Ja will turn into Russell Westbrook.
1: Yeah, but Trey Young's not going to be Steph Curry is a thing, bro. Like, have you wait, watched the okay. play? Well, it, it's to be de- it's to be determined. Yeah, but the percentages are so much lower. Yeah, I it's mean, like he's like Aaron Allen version of Steph.
0: Like compare compare what Steph looked like in his second year in the league versus what Trey looks like. And I get, I get that they're different leagues, and that Steph didn't have the gray gray light or the green light like Trey Young does, but it's his second year in the league.
1: Is it ever going to translate to winning? Because I mean, he's so let's let's do this. Is Harden ever been considered a top three player in the NBA? Probably not. Top five, yes. Top seven, for sure. He's got he's got an MVP. He's, he's got an MVP. I don't think Trey Young will ever win an MVP. I don't think Trey Young will ever average 35 in two back-to-back seasons, or thirty-one over a six uh, a six-season span, and well, that one he might be able to do, depending on what what direction the league goes defensively. But usually, these things go in cycles. And Harden's been crucified for his winning, and he's been to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, he's been in the finals as a you know rookie or second-year guy. He's been in the Western Conference Finals and played the best team, arguably ever. Like, is Trey Young going to do any of that? So I, that's it, where – like, that's like how does he get the top three? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like the hardened path, but I don't even think he's going to get as far as him.
0: That's what's so tough about basketball is that you take these superstars and you put everything on them when really it's about the system around them. Could Steph Curry have be, ever been considered what he is because – or if um, Steve Kerr hadn't shown up? If they hadn't lucked into the fact that David Lee was hurt and then they – brought draymond green off the bench and he was amazing like that's what happened with draymond green they were content to sit him on the bench if they hadn't lucked into him getting a weak contract because his ankle was hurt and then never having ankle problems after that like that's the tough thing about basketball is that james harden was handed a let's call a spade a spade he was handed a shit deck of cards bro he's got a coach that relies on gimmicks right now and that's the reason why they're not two women championships like you cannot convince me that James Harden isn't a good enough player to put a team around him that could win a championship like get any conventional good coach in there and not some gimmicky Mike D'Antoni offense and zero defense and they would win a championship but what we do is we take these players that are great that are amazing and say they're not good enough to get it done because jordan went six for six and we hold every single one of them to the jordan title but dude if you watch the last dance like he looks larger than life but look at what kraus was doing in the background dennis rodman was the best defensive player in the league before dennis rodman horace grant went to the magic and averaged 25 and 12 bro was considered one of the best players in the league and he had it for his first three championships like we hold everybody to this ethereal six for six like godlike statute and say they're not getting it done because they're not winning championships therefore they're not great great players Charles Barkley was considered a fantastic player but he ran into the buzzsaw that was the three best players on the in the entire league on the exact same team and that's the thing that's hard about like saying could Trey Young ever be this yeah, he very well could be, dude. Get him and Triple J and Clint Capella on the same team. Trey Young is the and Trey Young turns out to be the best of those guys, and they win a couple of championships. Yeah, he'll be he'll win a couple of MVPs. But if he stays on this team like he is right now, no, he'll never win an MVP. So, I when I look across the landscape of the NBA, those guys seem to me like they will have the most talent. There's a big drop off right now between Giannis and Luca, and then Trey Young. Five years from now, I, I do. I I would put Trey Young up there. I would put Triple J up there, and I
1: would put uh, Aiton up there too. What about KP? KP's been balling, man. If he,
0: it's a mental thing with him. If he can get a little bit tougher and stay in the paint a little bit more, then yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And yeah, that- he. he- he was taking it to the Rockets in the paint, which is good because they don't have yeah. anybody that can guard him. Yeah, yeah. He just needs to do it. he's 7 foot 3, bro. He can do
0: that against anybody. He can shoot hooks over Anthony Davis. Like Anthony Davis can't stop him. He's not long enough. But does what all does everything that I just said make sense? I feel like I went on a super long rant that I didn't mean to yeah. go on. No, yeah, yeah, it does. I
1: just No, you're good. I just think we see Trey Youngstown in a different light, but I mean that's, that's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. Um so I that that's the reason why I had him. I don't KP it's a mind thing. Like there's nothing wrong with there's nothing that I have to coach Trey Young out of. All I have to do is let his talents develop.
1: That that's a good point. He's he's not scared to put his, you know, put his talents on display. But I think you can make that same argument for Zion and Jason Jason Tatum. So if your argument for Zion is injuries fair, I, I, I think he's gonna be fine, but that's fair. I think Jason Tatum definitely has a higher ceiling than than Trey Young, I, see he has the mental problem. I disagree.
0: I mean, he'll he'll drop an eight point game every now and then.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you can say Trey Young doesn't, but God, he takes so many shots.
0: Okay, Dude, we're just we're it, just
1: far we're far off on this. But let it, me
0: you want you want to hear something crazy? Go ahead. If you told me, if you gave me Lonzo and Tra- and Jason Tatum right beside each other, and said both of these guys will fix everything mentally. I would take Alonzo. Dude. Alonzo's a head case, bro, but he's
1: a top five passer in the league. That, it's, that's a bad take. He's a top five
0: passer in the league. He's shooting high 30s. He's shooting 38% from the three point line. T-
1: he's a good defender. He's not He's, he's a not,
0: fantastic look. defender. He, for, so, first off, he's a. Great on-ball defender. Second, he helps as well as any guard that I've ever seen. Not like rim protection help, but like whenever there's a drive, he doubles down in perfect position and swipes at balls in perfect position. He keeps low. He's always in a stance. Like he's, he's a great defender. He's a top-five passer in the league. He's shooting 38% from the three-point line, but he has this head case where he's scared because he took so much flack in the beginning. So if you make him not a head case and you make Jason Tatum not a head case – Jason Tatum's skills are much more pedestrian than Lonzo's skills could be. Not
1: true. Not, yeah, not, they, not they true. He's a, he's a way he's a way better rebounder. He's becoming a better facilitator. He did average three assists this year. Not a, he's not a even good close. He's, to the same. He's not as same. good of a passer, obviously, but he is. He's almost as good of a defender. You don't want to believe that, but like, look at the stats. He he actually is, and like, watch him defend. He can defend, and he's six nine. The end of the day, he can guard more positions than Lonzo, and. This year I mean he shot 45% from the field, 40% from 3, and he averaged 23 and he's 21 years old. I mean, Lonzo's never going to average 23 in a season in his career.
0: No, he could be Jason Kidd though. Like is what I'm saying is if you like Lon there's something I wrong with I think you're Lonzo, sleeping and- on
1: Tatum is what I'm learning here. I don't I don't hate your Lonzo or Trey Young takes. I think you're severely underrating Jason Tatum's talent. That
0: could that could be a very real possibility. And I think that I just think in today's league Scoring is so much more prevalent and so much easier to come by than facilitation and heavy defenses.
1: But if you're a good defensive player and you shoot 40% from three and score 23 points a game, that's that's pretty that's enticing amazing. at 21 I'll take years
0: 40% old. From three, did he shot 40? 40. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, on, seven atti- on,
1: t- hey, on seven attempts a game.
0: I might be sleeping on Trey Young. Or not Trey Young, uh, Jason Tatum. I don't remember his name, really. Yeah. <laughs> I might be sleeping on Jason Tatum, <laughs> if we're being honest. But... I, I just haven't seen him put it together. And there's something there that I just – I'll see games and I'll be like, this guy's really good. And then I'll see games and be like, dude, I didn't even know he was on the floor for three quarters.
1: I feel like you a know? lot of the times too though, you watch a lot of West Coast ga- or uh, Western Conference games though, don't you? I mean, have you got your fair dose of Celtics on TV this year? So to be fair,
0: I watch a lot of primetime games. So right. I am right. always watching Jason Tatum face the Raptors or the Bucks or okay. Orlando or some – Heavy defensive teams like that. I'm not watching them play the Grizzlies. So that's fair. I mean, that that might be what's what's happening.
1: That's fair. Um, eight, let's talk about the eight seed in the West, man. Who you think? Who do you think's got the best shot of getting that eight seed? If you look Dude, at how the but
0: I will tell hey. you that nobody wants to play Portland. If I'm the Lakers, I do <laughs> not yeah. want to play
1: Portland, bro. Yep. Yeah, um, I agree. And so if you look at the standings right now, Memphis is still technically the eight eight seed. Um, they're a game ahead of Portland. That feels like that gap's going to close. And believe it or not, the the two teams knocking behind are the old-ass Spurs or really the just no-identity Spurs and the Suns. The Suns are two games out of being in the eighth seed, which is pretty interesting.
0: The Suns are 4-0 since they've gotten the bubble. And the yep. Grizzlies have dropped four in a row. They've dropped all their games yep. in the bubble. And um, the Mavericks have dropped three of their last four in the bubble. And, yeah, dude, I, I, think, I think it could be the Blazers, and I'm not – that could be a depending upon what odds dude, you could put some money on that. Blazers, yeah.
1: Lakers. Yeah. I mean, that, that it's, it's, a t- it's an uphill battle, but it's, that's definitely the last team the Lakers want to play. Like they much rather play, you know, Grizz, Suns, Spurs, Kings. Dallas is locked I- into the seven. I'm really hoping the nuggets jump and make the two seed. Um, that gives you a Clippers rockets, uh, three, six, most likely, which would be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, you said Clippers lockets? You think the-
1: yeah, so it, it could. If, if the Nuggets basically, they're a half game behind the Clippers. Yeah. So uh, ideally, as a Mavs fan, I'd like to see Nuggets go two. So the Mavericks are locked at seven, basically. Uh, they're going to be a, a good 2 7 matchup. I think Dallas wins that series. Really? Yeah, I, I think it goes seven minimum. Dallas over the Nuggets? I, I think Dallas is the two best players in the series. I think KP's playing better than Jokic right now. I don't think he's a better player wasn't better this year, but he's playing better than him right now for sure.
0: Yeah, I would yeah. Um that may be so. Uh I don't think that I would never take KP over Jokic. But Not also, not for, dude, not have for, you like seen what like,
1: Michael Porter Jr's been doing. Very silky smooth. He looks really good. He kind of looks like a like a bigger Paul George, dude. Like he's got like a silky little step back. He's got a nice game around the basket too he's got a lot of touch like you can see the athleticism it's just i'm more worried about his injuries than zion's on the opposite end for being too frail dude
0: that's fair that's fair the, the difference was zion was the number one overall pick and harold is the next jordan and michael porter jr he had trouble walking to the stage that's <laughs> true but he was um, the number
1: one number one recruit in the country coming out of high school he and was. the consensus number one pick before that injury
0: they took him at 14 um right yeah good and his yeah, freaking fantastic value. Even if he never pans out, how many players in the league pan out at take number fourteen? That draft
1: is an all timer already, bro. Yeah, Aiden, Luca, Triple J, Trey Young, SGA, uh and uh what's and who were we just talking about? Uh MPJ.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it. pretty like, good. Since his since he got to the, the bubble, he had a eleven point game pretty pedestrian a 37 and a 30 yep on 11 points on 11 shots 37 on 16 shots and 30 on 19 shots in his in his two in his last two games he's shooting better than 66 percent from the three point line actually excuse me no he's shooting about 60 percent from the three point line four of six and then five of nine
1: yeah he's he's and, showing that he's going to be a good player if he stays healthy
0: also he has a mid-range game dude Right. Like, that's I, a, at the beginning of the year when I was watching him, I was like, "That guy can score at three levels, which is rare now."
1: That's what I'm saying. He kind of is just a taller, lankier Paul George to me. Not quite the the ball skills, but like I, to me, like Paul George is, has the most touch I've almost ever seen out of a six nine guy.
0: Yeah, he has some of the best handles. He I would say that he has the best handles
1: in the league of anyone six nine or taller.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not named KD, and it depends on where you put LeBron.
1: Shit. Um, Paul George's handles are better than LeBron's. LeBron's more physical with the ball, but if you're talking about crossover ISO moves, yeah, I, I guess I guess I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Bro, PG's probably sweeter than KD handling the ball too.
0: Yeah, that's tough. That's uh, I, I'm not against it, but I have to watch some tape because, dude, when I, I I sent you that uh, video by what's that guy's name? Famous Loth, where he just breaks down old KD uh, OKC. Oh yeah, and yeah. It was like watching a. It was like. If I were to find an X on a new modeling page, like it was like that. <laughs> I was like, just like, God, I can't believe that we lost this guy because he was so freaking good. But his like the difference between KD and Giannis and the reason why he's so much better of a scorer than Giannis. One is he can shoot the lights out. But two, he has side to side that Giannis does not have. And I don't know if you can teach the type of side to side or horizontal movement that KD has. Giannis just gets up and down the court and, and scores on straight line drives and just because he's overpowering, right. but KD moves side to side so well. And so does Paul George. LeBron does too, to be fair. But yeah, dude, um, I, to bring us back full circle, I really like MPJ. Dude, I, can I change my answer and say, if I had to put my money, it might be
1: Luka, best player in the Luka
0: Giannis and MPJ in five years.
1: We'll we'll put him on the le- on the uh, asterix team with Zion barring yeah, injury. My, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll take that.
0: But uh, I I really like him. Also, he's a great beer bender. He's a good passer. Works perfect for that system because that system is built on bigs that can pass, and he is a big that can score and pass and play D whenever he gets healthy.
1: Yep, yep. I actually i had a i had a note written down to ask you who you thought your most impressive players were in the bubble thus far, and we've actually hit. Two stars, but I had three role players uh, written down, and we've we've already we've already hit on all of them, which was MPJ, TJ Warren, and Dion Waiters. So I thought all three of those guys have outplayed their expectations. My expectations for Deion Waiters was like get kicked off the team, playing for freaking out on edibles, you know, like the goes down to like four points a game in Miami, and he's looked pretty good. Like he's getting to the bucket and getting he, he's taking guys to the in, legitimate NBA defenders to the hoop.
0: He's looking every bit as good as Avery Bradley was. And he's being more aggressive than Avery Bradley. Now, if I'm Frank. Defense Vogel, I'm saying, is a little defense is a little suspect. But if I'm yeah. if I'm Frank Vogel, I'm saying, dude, I don't want you taking thirteen shots a game, bro. <laughs> Come in and take ten, but you need to chill out on some of this and just get the ball in LeBron or AD's hands. Bro, I um, watched
1: almost every minute of every Laker game, and as soon as D.R. Waiters touches the ball, he's thinking, shoot, like it's going to the su- hole. He's got like dame dame dollar green light, bro. Um uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I was going to say the other two players I've been really impressed with is I've been super impressed with KP. Yeah, like dude, KP, he's been playing out of his mind. He, he's been playing really, really, really well. Um, and then Paul, I've been really impressed with Paul George, man. I think Paul George has looked like um, an MVP candidate that he was last year, a, a top 10 player that I still believe that he is. And it's it's tough for me because he is one of my, my favorite players, but I'm, I'm not wishing good things upon the Clippers.
0: Yeah. Um. My concern with that is – so I think – we talked about there's nobody on that team that can guard Anthony Davis. I think there is, but you don't want him to. I think Kawhi can actually guard Anthony Davis, but I don't want – him in the him. post? I think he has the best shot on that team. He has a better shot than Montrez Harrell does. Um, okay. I don't want him on Anthony Davis though because I don't want any chance that he's going to get in a foul trouble. And if Anthony Davis puts him in the post – Kawhi doesn't have the ability to push him off the block the way that he – he's really strong. What's going to end up happening is Anthony Davis is going to turn into him constantly. And if I'm Frank Vogel, I'm saying every single time you get the ball, you either take one or two dribbles and shoot one way or the other and turn directly into him because that's how you get fouls. And then you put Kawhi Leonard into a foul trouble. And that's – it's over for the Clippers if you put Kawhi Leonard into a foul trouble.
1: AD can give you that little shoulder shake, turn the other way, and, and hit a turnaround jumper. You do He do he does that two or three times, and then he'll do it to you again and pump fake on the turnaround, get you up in the air, lean into you, get some and ones, get some easy free throws, and get you in foul trouble. And, and I think Kawhi would be eager to try to get his hand up to block that if he gets scored on a few times. So I think he – I agree. I think he could get him in foul trouble. Plus, if he gets him anywhere eight feet in or closer, he is giving up three and a half inches and two inches on the wingspan, Um, which is actually not a pretty big wingspan difference for the height differential. But still, I mean, that's – you know, '80s hands are going to be five to six inches higher in the air, and he releases really high.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he has—he has a jumper off the freaking twenty-one feet, but he has that fifteen-foot jumper <laughs> that's face up. He has left and right hooks. He has drop steps. Like he has the most complete post repertoire we've probably seen since since Akeem, probably. Um, so there's so many ways to foul to get Kawhi to foul. I, I just don't. So say all that to say. I don't want. I think that Kawhi could guard AD, but I'm not putting him on there for a long period of time.
1: Agreed. Um, also, good, I like Duncan point. Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, dude can shoot. He he's probably the only player in the league that's going to dribble less than than Clay in his career. Dude,
0: I honestly love that type of player. If he can become as good a defender as Clay, and he's not playing for the Warriors, your boy will be. He's never going to be
1: as good of a defender as Clay. He's not nearly as athletic. He's lanky, but. He's so uncomfortable putting the ball on the floor. He caught. He made a cut directly to the basket today and got. He got passed to like a little past the free throw line. He dribbled once and then faded to the side and hit a banker because he was just too scared to do a layup. <laughs> He's like, I had one dribble and shoot. That's all I got. Oh, uh, man. They're the next I step do, in clay, though. Him and Harrow. Dude, I do kind of feel bad. Yeah, yeah, I do kind of feel bad for uh, for Ben Simmons, man. I mean, the Sixers are a joke of a team you know, in terms of talent to, to production, but he was playing really well, um, in those scrimmages. I like Ben Simmons game still. Um, obviously I know you like it a little more than I do as we've made clear, but I still, I kind of like the guy too. Um, I want to see him do well and it looks like he's out indefinitely. It's a s- subluxation. I don't know if I'm saying that right at the left patella. So basically a dislocated kneecap. So yeah out indefinitely so that's no bueno they're 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 a wrap if they were even a conti- outside contender
0: that generally so like a dislocation that's quote-unquote out indefinitely means that there's some tears in there because if it's just a dislocation they just it back in right right yeah so there's some tears in there and they're just reporting the dislocation yeah i you know how i feel about ben simmons dude i i love his game and i think that he's a head case that if he just got his head right he would be the best guard, the best point guard in the league.
1: And him play playing the fourth. Yeah,
0: yeah, I really like that too. And we talked about that at at Najem as how great he was whenever he was the role man, and whenever Joel Embiid wasn't on the court.
1: It makes so much more sense to play him in the four. And then now they've they've kind of, you know, found Shake Milton again, who's been super up and down, but he's been a hell of a scorer. Um, and, and him taking that other guard spot makes it a little bit more natural. I don't think they really had a solid guard to put in there previously. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think Ben Simmons' future in the NBA is at the fore, and it needs to be.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about Joel Embiid?
1: In terms of his, his performance thus far, or did he have a quote that I didn't see? That's always that's always a good possibility.
0: So, he quietly has had a 41-21 and 21 game. A twenty seven and nine game and a thirty and eleven game and nobody started. Yeah, thirty and
1: eleven last night I saw, but the bigger concern for me there is yeah, he did that, but they beat the Wizards, who are like a D two team right now by nine. Fair. the Spurs by two and then lost to the Pacers. So Yeah, when he dropped forty one twenty one. Right. So it's like they I think Embiid's playing well and is probably in better shape than anybody anticipated, but it's not going to be enough without Simmons, obviously, to even maybe get out of the – they're going to struggle to get out of the first round.
0: Yeah, I think so too, What I, which is really disappointing to me because I didn't talk about it but because we haven't had a show since last week. But during the middle of the week and while watching him play the Pacers, I was like, this guy will never be more focused on basketball than he is this year. We could see the greatest Joel Embiid show that we, we will ever possibly see in this playoffs. And now it's probably going to cut, be cut short to one –
1: uh one round yeah yeah i mean because the way they're going right now they're going to play they're going to play boston which boston doesn't have an answer for a beat so maybe maybe you see an upset there but i mean i'll give the heat a small outside chance because they've looked decent but i i think it's got to be bucks Raptors with the way things are trending even though we talked about celtics value a week ago so i'm probably just i'm just hopping off every train that i was on a week ago i'm hopping off the houston train yeah, um,
0: it's my dogging on Jason Tatum and barely even knowing his name that's got you uh, subconsciously hopping off the Boston Celtics Dude, train.
1: His, he was having such a good season. Like, you saying that actually really – I am sweating a little bit. <laughs> I just – yeah, and I think that it's probably that
0: I, – I think it's probably because I'm watching him whenever he's playing the Bucks, whenever he's playing the Sixers, and whenever he's playing the Raptors, and I'm not watching him in these other games. I think that's yeah, most likely is.
1: You're watching him be guarded by, like, Siakam, OG, Giannis – Right. Elite NBA defenders.
0: Chris Middleton. Yeah, exactly. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, I think that's most likely what it is.
1: I will say so. I'm not loving the Rockets right now. I think Harden's look good in stretches, bad in stretches, but he's just scoring outrageously. He just put one on the Mavs. A lot of free throws, but 49 that first game which the Mavs just pissed away. This is a crazy stat about the Mavs, by the way. 29 losses this year. 17 of them by five points or less. Jeez,
0: yeah, and they were barely winning their their games too, right? I think there's yeah, a, lot of, a lot of their
1: games were close. But yeah, even if even if half of those losses are turned to wins, I mean, they're all of a sudden like a two seed. But I guess the you could say the same things for the wins too. Um, but I will say where my optimism remains for Houston is that Harden's still scoring at an elite level. That's not going to go away. He's going to get more in rhythm. Russ looks athletic still. Russ is playing has- out of his mind, bro. And they've had some nice games from uh, from uh, House and McLemore and some of these other guys. they got to get Eric Gordon back. That's the key. P.J. Tucker is going to be a solid anchor. I obviously don't love him at the five, but it is what it is. That's what they're doing. Uh, but Eric Gordon, there's still he's still day-to-day. I think you just probably rest him. You know, because, I mean, if you get the five seed, the six seed, does it really matter? I guess avoid playing the Clippers is, is you know, a possibility because I'd much rather play, you know, OKC or or Utah, so maybe that is something that they they play Eric Gordon if they need to get a win in the last you know game or two to avoid playing the Clippers because that is a strategy I would take. I would not want to see them in the first round, uh, but I, I think Eric Gordon does make a difference for that team as a consistent third option that has you know has some, not really success, but some playoff experience. Yeah, the Western Conference Finals.
0: Yeah, I I, I would say that he's. Far better than average, as far as the third scorer goes. Yeah, um, Russ is average. Russ laid a thirty-one eleven-eight game, a thirty-one six-and-eight game, and then the last game he went three and three-and-nine, which wasn't great, but he's doing it on decent splits. Forty-five percent from the from the field, better than normal. Russ, um, he's shooting. He shot fifty percent in the first game, eighty-three, and then fifty percent again. So he needs to shoot better at the free throw line, um, but. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Russ. I need him to be aggressive. At the end of the day, what teams are going to do is they're going to try and trap Harden at the half court line. And Russ needs to come up going full speed. Harden drops it off. And then Russ has a four on three, which he will eat all day long, especially with the shooters around him. So that's what that's where Russ needs to live. Um, I weirdly like this team to possibly go to the finals. Provided that somebody can beat the Lakers, I think they have no shot of beating the Lakers. But if somebody beats the Lakers, I could see them beating the Clippers, and I can see them beating every other team in the in the Western Conference. I cannot see them beating the
1: Lakers. I think that's a good take. I think it's a good take. I think that's their that's going to be their kid's heel because there's just no the the issue for the. the I, honestly, dude, I don't know if they could beat Dallas. <gasps> Dallas can't guard Harden, but they really struggle against guarding KP because P.J. Tucker's given up nine inches.
0: Yeah, if KP decides to get in the post.
1: he di- I mean, he did in that first game. I, I watched every – I don't know if you watched it. was the- on like the second night uh, the league started. It was 150 to 145. The Mavs were up six with like a minute left. They pissed the game away. But KP caught and scored in the post. For, I-, I would say he had at least 20 point- points in the paint that game. He had 38.
0: That's what he needs to do here. I've watched bigs and I played as a big when I wanted to be a guard. And I can tell you that when watching KP, I see a lot of this guy does not want to be a five. He does not want to bang down there. He wants to be a four that is shooting, shooting threes and playing outside the paint primarily. And that's because he's slight and he's afraid of, afraid of contact. Um, My fear is, we might get one or two games of that, but then he'll get sick of getting beat on by P.J. Tucker because P.J. Tucker is way stronger than Christoph Porzingis. That, that's my big thing is like he just looks like he doesn't want to bang in the paint, even though he he has the size where he needs to be banging in the paint against these smaller teams. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I, I think he will do that. I think Rick's a good enough coach to tell him to do that. He's just falling in love with his jump shot because he has a lot of confidence in it.
0: Yeah, they need to get Tim Grover in there to get put weight on that guy like that's jordan's trainer like he needs to get in there have you seen the recent the recent trend that grover has actually spoken out against where teams are starting to no longer have weight rooms
1: that doesn't surprise me
0: it's crazy and they're all working on they're all working on plyometrics core strength and bands like and like yeah.
1: the trx stuff yeah yeah
0: exactly which and grover, definitely
1: you should do that if you're an athlete uh, right. now if you just work out at your local gym i don't think that has as much value unless you just want like super good core strength at your desk but (laughs) as an nba player like that that makes a lot of sense to work out like that but you don't take the weights away i mean these guys don't need to be hitting like you know max reps you know one two rep sets but they got to be lifting some kind of weights
0: yeah i agree you don't need to look like zion like every one of these nba players don't need to look like zion as a matter of <laughs> fact i would argue right. that ben simmons probably has a more ideal body for the nba than zion does but absolutely you can't take away the weights because then you have people that walk in looking like a like they need to go back to the stick exhibit museum like trey christoph Porzingis or trey young and you have to say you need to get on some weights you need to put on pounds because christoph should probably be playing at about 10 to 20 pounds heavier than what he is
1: yeah, and I don't think it really affects his game too much because his game's not built on speed. Obviously, I mean he can shoot threes, he can't post up. He's a good defensive player. I use air quotes there because he's a good he he's a really really good, arguably great rim protector. Agreed. He is so unswitchable though. Twenty five feet from the basket, it is his feet are just not where they need to be.
0: Agreed. His ceiling on the defensive end is Brook Lopez. Um, which is not a bad ceiling, dude. I will take that all day long, especially if you have somebody like Carlisle who can say, I'll work with that. You know, like, booting holes are built a great defense around the fact that Brooke Lopez is their centerpiece. Most people think it's Giannis. He built that defense for Brooke Lopez. But um, I, I, that's not a bad ceiling, dude. If you have a rim protector who knows how to get in a position and keep his feet planted and go up and contest shots, even if he's not getting a whole lot of blocks, I love that. It's fantastic. But you're right, he's not switchable.
1: Yeah, that that's that's – you know, a huge issue in today's league, but um, I, I'm feeling good that the Mavs are going to still win the first round series, honestly. Yeah. Who do you think that, yeah. who do you think they can beat? You think Denver, can beat the Rockets, Denver, Utah, Houston. Okay. See, I don't think, I think they can beat, I think they have the ability to beat anybody except the two LA teams. Wow. Okay. I, I like, I really like the Denver matchup. I, I actually think they have the best chance against Denver. Yeah, I, I would say that because of the youth. Um. Well, they the they, the what burns mass is when you have a really good perimeter score, too. So like Portland is an issue with with the Houston. Yeah, we have the KP advantage, but God, we can't guard Westbrook or Harden really. Yeah. Um, you know, so those teams that have those elite perimeter scores, it makes it a little more tough. So like Jamal Murray doesn't worry me, and, and I like KP on Jokic. And, and, I mean, who, on, who are you throwing on Denver to come guard Luca?
0: Both these teams don't have the defensive firepower to throw people on people. I think it's going to be a defense by committee for both teams, if that makes sense. Um, because you're right, there's nobody to <clears> – <throat> the way that Denver's offense works is – you have to guard cuts. So you don't just stick on stick your best defender like Tim Hardaway Jr. on one player and then you hope that he shuts them down. Rather, Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be chasing around Jamal Murray throughout the entire game and then chasing around um, Lyles throughout the entire game while they make cuts around a big who can just pick him apart with with passes. So it's like it's really weird in that like you're going to see what you have to have to play to, f- to play Denver, what will get you a lot farther than having one defensive stopper <clears throat> is a rim protector, and guys, everybody that's can chase people around for a long time and not get run into the ground. So, I, <clears throat> as far as Dallas's ability to defend Denver, I'm not super worried about it because I don't think anybody has a, really a good ability to defend Denver. Um, if that makes sense,
1: I think Denver is a lot scarier when Michael Porter. Porter Jr. is is playing at the level that he's playing at. Yeah, he's 27-12 tonight, by the way, in a game that they are recording this Thursday night. Folks will uh, put it out Friday morning for you. But there's three minutes left in this uh, fourth quarter. Nuggets are down five to Portland. So Portland's on fire, about to pick up another half game on the Grizz. And uh, Denver – I mean, Denver is just – God, I really need them to win so they can pass – The clippers but they've kind of struggled but yeah michael porter jr 27 and 12 again tonight i mean that's that's a big deal
0: yeah and i don't know i need to look at his shot chart for that i don't know how he's getting those shots tonight but you could you could theoretically excuse me live in denver's offense with just the ability to make backdoor cuts and spot up shoot really well just because you're going to like, Jokic is going to put dimes on you all night long, you know? Millsap will, too. And they have Mason Plumley passing from those horns positions as well. So, it's it's I don't know how MPJ is getting his points tonight. Do you know? Are you seeing much?
1: No, I don't have the shot chart. He's 10 for 18, though. He's 4 for 7 from 3, which is, is very sexy.
0: Yeah. That's, probably, that's from – they make the cut. So, the way that their offense works is they have two bigs on the horn positions, which is – at the top of the free right. throw line in the corners. And then a guard passes in and makes a cut down through the paint and then goes to the corner. And the other side that was in the corner swings up to the top, usually gets a down screen by the other big. And then there's open threes on the wings. That's a lot of yep. times where they're hitting those threes. And I, I don't know what MPJ's shot chart looks like, but I'm sure that he has quite a few threes on those wings positions. Cause that's where they, exactly. they live.
1: That, that is exactly right, dude. Jokic, Talking about the cuts earlier, man, the way he drops dimes from those passes is unreal. Some of the passes he's made, I mean, it's like it's like Patrick Mahomes dropping a pass right where it needs to be between the numbers, and it's such good touch because those NBA players are cutting the basket pretty quick, and he doesn't throw hard passes. He just lofts it right to where he knows they're going to be. It's, it's really impressive. Um, something I'm a little confused about tonight, looking at that box score, though, is why Ball Ball has 21 minutes and Jokic has 23. That tells me he's either not conditioned or they're not concerned about winning. Like, I don't understand, you know, what the, what, what's going on there. Like, why is, why is the Nicole Nokic you know, sixth on your team in minutes? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, he (laughs) has eight points too. He's thirteen assists, which is pretty good. But yeah, I I don't know that team just looking at it on paper and watching them. I feel pretty good about Dallas's chance to beat them because I, I think they have the two best players in Orlando not not going into the 2021 season, but I think the two best players the way they're playing right now, and, and I think it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at the P- Porter Junior shot chart. He has he's made three shots from the wings one on the one on the right side, two on the left side, and then one from looks like it was most likely a straight up like dribble up three, but missed a corner shot. Um, that's a dude. That's a pretty looking shot chart. Most of his shots are at the rim. He's taken uh, four mid mid-rangers and shot 50 percent on them. Dude, he's if he can stay healthy, bro, like I'm, I'm buying on Michael Porter Jr. stock.
1: So you, you would take them in a series over Dallas for sure. Uh, yeah, I would. I really would like to play Utah, but there's no way that's going to happen. They're definitely trending in the in the wrong direction.
0: Um, I yeah, without I, without Bogdanovich,
1: have... it's not a good team.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, they've had. I mean, you just take away a, sc- a score, And they've had trouble scoring all year long. The only person that can actually make his own sh- – create his own shot out there is Donovan Mitchell. Mike Connolly Jr. has been an abysmal failure. Um, the- at the beginning of this year, I thought that the two best teams that would have the best backcourt defense in the league would be Utah and the Pelicans. But neither of them really panned out the way that they should. I think yeah. the, Pel- the Pelicans – Keep getting big game. I was talking to one of my buddies today, and he said the Pelicans keep getting big games dropped on them by guards. I told him that I think that that's probably true. That's on the guards a little bit, but it also has to do with the fact that the Pelicans don't have a rim protector. Um, Denver has no excuse for why they get big games dropped on them by guards because um, they do have a rim protector, and you're supposed to show them to that. I think that Connelly has just been an abysmal failure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I I don't know where you go from there. So, um, final thoughts though, not giving up on any of the, uh, on any of the favorites at this point. Is that right?
0: No, no, not by interest in that. Biggest
1: concern is for the Lakers though. Most definitely. They're, they're struggling again as we're recording this on Thursday night against the, uh, against the Rockets looking like they're down. Yeah. They're down double digits going into halftime. So that's, that's the team that I think has to get it together, but I'm just going to tell myself they're playing coy and, uh, and pretend like I'm not nervous as hell that LeBron's gonna go out in the second round.
0: He is. He is out this uh, this game though. LeBron is out. Yeah, he pulled the old Kawhi where he made up an injury so that he could take some rest.
1: It's, I it's, like a, it. it's a
0: right I like groin injury. It really hurts right now. My
1: right test. I like it. Big big fan. But. I think that will wrap it up for us. I know we got got into a a lot of uh, a lot more Trey Young talk than anticipated, but <laughs> I knew Josh would take us there one way or another. Um, you guys make sure to check us out. We'll have this out in, in Friday morning for you guys. Sensibly uh, Loud Media on Instagram, on Twitter. Hit us up. Let us know uh, what you want us to talk about, and we'll be back in a few days. We got uh, playoffs starting the seventeenth. Josh playing games will be the fifteenth and sixteenth, if necessary. So right around the corner. Sweet. Looking forward to it. All right, man. We'll see. you. See you later.